everyone. Welcome to a new episode of The Cloudy Business. As many of you know by now, in Q3 2022, Penn Partnership as well as Coes Consulting merged with Waston, a well-established Paris-based consultancy firm. As a result of the synergies created, we are now an organization with more than 4,000 employees across 10 countries, covering US, UK, Europe, Morocco, Singapore, and Hong Kong, with a significant increase to our capabilities to include areas such as cybersecurity and sourcing. What this means to our UK clients is access to an augmented pool of SMEs with proven experience in high-profile and complex deliveries within change and execution, technology and operations, and automation, to name a few. So, coming back to the cloudy business series, and just as a quick recap, in the last couple of months, I've had the pleasure to be joined by experts in this field, such as Jeremy Ward from Athos, Chris Lawrence from Portfolio BI, and Paul Cassie from Computer Center, to talk about cloud strategy, migration and optimization challenges, market trends, regulatory implications, security, and more. As per a recent study published by Ghana, it is expected that half of an enterprise IT spending in key market segments will shift to the cloud by 2025, overtaking a spending on traditional IT. Almost two-thirds of spending on application software will be redirected towards cloud technologies in three years' time. As per Gartner, technology and service providers that fail to adapt to the pace of cloud shift face increasing risk of becoming obsolete or, at best, being relegated to low-growth markets. As per a recent study published in this instance by Mintel Store, following the pandemic, UK companies have accelerated digitalization with the cloud being the architecture of choice to cope with both unprecedented workflows disruption and economic uncertainty, hybrid working and continued speculation of recession and inflation disruption make the adoption to, of the cloud computing market even more attractive. With this in mind, I would like to introduce you to Keith Thomas, Associate Director at Coes Consulting, now also a Wavestone company. Keith is an experienced technology advisor and consulting leader across public and private sectors. Within his specialties, we can include business architecture, digital strategy and transformation, IT service delivery, and what is probably my favorite, demystifying cloud. Hi, Keith. How are you? I'm good, thank you. Hi, Roshni, and thanks for inviting me. Great. Great having you in the show today. But before we get started, I don't think I've done you justice with my introduction on your experience and skill sets. Will you mind sharing with our audience a bit more about you? Of course, thank you. But uh, I think I think you have described me very well. Uh, so I've been in consulting now for 24 years, and of that, six and a half years with Coyus, and as you said, across different types of uh, private and public sector organisations. I really enjoy getting involved at the IT business side of technology. So looking at business architecture, as you said, strategy and cloud particularly. And I've really enjoyed the work that I've done and that we've done for organizations in uh, government, in uh, education, such as universities and in private sector to help them with cloud migration and cloud strategies and just getting their heads around the opportunities for cloud. Well, fantastic. Thank you very much, Keith. With cloud deployments ranking high 
on management agendas, and this is not to say that it's not only the IT leaders' agendas anymore, I would like to explore with you what are the lessons that you and your team have learned in the last, let's say, 10 years working in the cloud? Well, 10 years has seen an awful lot of change in cloud. I think we started with everybody going, cloud sounds great, and there's a few providers of this, and it sounds like a fantastic opportunity to save costs because somebody else is doing this thing for us at scale, and that must be cheaper. And indeed, that was when you look back about 10 years ago. But nowadays, it's absolutely not the case that cloud should be considered anything around cost saving. I'm sure there are some uh, small use cases where it might be an area where you could save money. But really, these days, it's a lot more about understanding what opportunities and benefits there are other than cost saving that cloud can bring to you. And those are things like flexibility or scalability. It's fantastic at helping you to up and downsize the IT uh, processing capability you need. A great example is UCAS, where uh, they uh, require lots and lots of compute capability on the one day a year when they manage all of the university applications and have to crunch all of those numbers and give out opportunities to students. For the rest of the year, they don't need so much. So rather than paying for that huge capacity that they might use once a year, they put that in the cloud and they can scale that up across those few days and scale it down when they need them. It's much more cost effective that way, but it also means they get the they meet their exact requirements. Another great example of a cloud benefit is where organizations pay for it differently. So on-premise infrastructure, you tend to pay for it out of capital and there are ways of handling that. Cloud very much tends to be paid for out of operating expense, out of OPEX. So you can budget for it much more uh, effectively year on year rather than having to discount everything you buy. There's access to services, AI, machine learning, security. Cloud gives you much more capabilities than trying to buy in those skills in-house. The support needs are very different, especially things like software as a service. So there's loads of great benefits to cloud. It shouldn't be cost-saving. We've learned a lot of lessons about how you make use of all of that and how you take advantage of those benefits over the past 10 years and indeed how to work with the business to help them understand what they might be and how they can make best use of the cloud technology that their IT team gives them access to. Thank you, Keith. You just mentioned something. So in regards to the change in the costing mm. approach, right, how well is this understood by the people holding the money in the, in the wallets that they need to transition to a different costing approach? In our experience, it's kind of 50-50. There are organizations who've started their move to cloud just because they love the fact that they can budget for things on a monthly or annual basis and it's paid for as a service rather than out of CapEx. So that's been the driver. And then they've seen all these other lovely benefits. There are other organizations that didn't quite get that until they started looking into it and then realized here's this extra benefit that we get. What I would say is there's no organization that has come to see that to say, oh, we don't like the move to OPEX. There are very few that wanted to pay for things out of CapEx. So it's just interesting how other people see it. So do you see that often do you need to first work on the business case, answering the question, why do we need to move to the cloud as opposed to the starting point being, we know we want to move to the cloud. The question to answer is uh, how? That's interesting. Do you know what? The most often thing we come up against is actually maybe there's two. The first case is where people know exactly what they want. They know they want to move to cloud. They just 
want some help to understand what's the best way to do it. Who's the best cloud service provider? How do we understand what applications or workloads we've got? And how do we shift them from A to B? There are other organizations that just are aware that this cloud thing exists, but they don't really know what the opportunities are. They don't really know how they can take advantage of it. They're just aware that kind of almost, as you said in your introduction, if they don't do something that they might end up behind the game and nobody wants to be there. So they come to us and they say, what should we be doing in cloud rather than this is what we want to do in cloud. And that gives us an opportunity to really understand what happens in their business under the hood, if you will, and understand and advise them on where they can make best use of cloud and where perhaps it's not going to give them particular advantages. Okay. So there is a misconception that cloud is mainly a technology change, but we know it's way more than that. This is also a business model change. So what can you share share in terms of what is the perception of these two worlds coming together when it comes to cloud? So, yeah, absolutely. Is it a misconception? There is sometimes a misunderstanding or a a limited appreciation of the wholesale change to an organization that cloud might need. And as with everything, there's a scale. So there might be a small organization that has every reason to keep an awful lot of their IT operations very close to them. And there are only maybe one or two applications that they might want to put into the cloud hosted or even software as a service. And they could easily migrate to those and that wouldn't require a huge amount of change to the organization. There are other organizations and some local authorities have been great examples of this where there's a great argument to move absolutely everything to the cloud. And that's where you need to think exactly as you said, it's not just about technology change and moving application A into Amazon or into Azure. It's actually about how do we then manage IT if all of our capability is being brought in from a third party and that third party pretty much gets to decide how it's delivered. And that means we need to think about what skills we need and How do we get those skills? Because we then need to do much more about vendor management of the AWSs or the Azures or the Googles of the world rather than people who can write applications for us in-house. We need to think about what does our organization within IT look like to then host all of those skills. We need to think about our relationship within the business, because if we're being driven as much by what the cloud provider says we're able to take as what our original requirements are, how do we create the right relationship between IT and the business to both take advantage of what's being offered to us, but also help with that understanding that you can't really do a shopping list type approach now from that says somebody in the business sense, I want this list of 10 things and somebody in IT then says, great, let's go and deliver those. It breaks that relationship where the business can still ask, but IT supported by cloud providers might not be able to deliver all of that, but might well be able to deliver something different that is at least as good, if not better. So there are a lot of other areas you really need to understand as an organization to then make that move to cloud and make it work for you rather than it just being a technology change. So if I was to make a simple statement such as cloud is the new normal and should be part of the overall business strategy. So we know that in some instances cloud is not an either or conversation anymore and that some applications provided by third parties they can only come, they only come in a cloud form. So what is the learning there? 
There's a lot of learning. I think every organization is different. Of course they are. And an organization that is either deliberately or unknowingly ignorant of cloud is probably not going to be with us for very long, much like organizations approach to data. But then when an organization is understanding of the opportunities around cloud, there are a lot of decisions to be made. So an organization needs to think, are we going to be cloud first? Are we going to be cloud not at all? Are we going to be cloud only? There are opportunities there to say how much cloud you want, and that needs to be based on what an organization needs to deliver it to its customers and probably where it is in the uh, in it in, in technology maturity as well and so when you start thinking about cloud you can think about are you going to take on board just the hosting element of cloud and you just want to get rid of perhaps your own data center, but you're still going to keep ownership of your platforms and your applications, but you're going to get rid of the pain of having your own data center. Or do you go completely towards the other end of that spectrum and say, we'd like everything software as a service. We just want to pay somebody once a month for it and take away all the pain, but accept the compromise there, which with a software as a service is that you perhaps don't get all of your requirements met and you need to work out how to fit what that application delivers into your business process. So your business process changes more than perhaps it would otherwise. So you talked about working out where an organization fits in terms of cloud and making sure that they understand the opportunities and that they shouldn't be left behind. And I think the imperative actually on every organization is understand the opportunities that there are in cloud, understand your own use of technology, and that's around infrastructure and applications and end user, and work out how those two things overlap so that you can put what's best for you into clouds, making use of kind of infrastructure, platform, software as a service, or any of the differentiators within there, or keep things that really are best delivered for you if you have more of your arms around them, if they're something like on-premise. But that's all done as a conscious decision because you understand what the opportunities are and how they reflect on you. The more I listen to you, I'm thinking already of more and more questions, but, <laughs> but I'm conscious that I don't have you for five hours. And uh, so I want to try to target the top five. But so, so what is there to, to say or, or to do right in regards to, to defining the operating model that supports a cloud-led hosting strategy? Because what I've seen, and I think you and I have talked about this in the past, that when when it comes to to defining you define Android uh, cloud strategy, you've got a clear roadmap to implementation. But people sometimes forget that you need to look at your current operating model, how your organization is set to operate, to adjust to to the new way of operating. It's very true. I mean, if you take a traditional IT operating model where you've got some people that deliver the technology and they maybe use ITIL processes from a service delivery point of view. You've got some people that build things and they're a product organization that you've maybe got some strategists in there and you've maybe got a CIO that has some responsibility to the business. That all works and that fits together as a neat jigsaw. But as soon as you start taking those pieces away, like you take some of the infrastructure away and you give it to Amazon and you take perhaps some of the applications away and you give that to XYZ software as a service provider, it starts to take away the pieces of those jigsaw, of those jigsaw, of that jigsaw. And the difficulty is that perhaps 
explaining it as the jigsaw isn't quite right. Perhaps we maybe need to look at it as a, a as that um, tower game called Jenga, where when you pull away some of the bricks, sometimes the tower stays where it is and sometimes it collapses. And we need to say, what will cause our own operating model to collapse if we take it away? Maybe if it's just one application that we move a software to the service, maybe that's fine. And maybe the, if there's a support person that's linked to that bit of software that we've just stopped using, then we need to rehome them. But it's a very small change. Whereas if we're saying, let's stop being on-premise and move wholesale to cloud, the tower comes falling down because you've just taken away lots and lots of the bricks that are holding it up. So we need to think about things like our design and governance over IT. How do we manage what it is we want to consume from a technology point of view if we don't have 100% control over it, if we are beholden to what's offered by software as a service providers, by cloud hosting providers like um, Microsoft and Amazon? How do we make the best use of that? And what does that change within our governance model to make sure we still get what we need, but we understand that we're slightly more constrained? How do we then lead those discussions with the business? Do we have the right people and capabilities in our organization to help drive those discussions, but also to recognize what there is available in the cloud world? Because it changes almost on a daily basis. And there are so many opportunities in there. We talked about AI, we talked about machine learning, we talked about security. There are some things that cloud providers can do so much better than even the largest organizations can. But if we're not aware that they do them, how do we make best use of them? So we need some skills and capability around, maybe let's call it technology leadership or horizon scanning. And underneath that, we need to think, you know, how do we operate these things? How do we make sure we're keeping a handle on what we're consuming from cloud rather than what we're building internally? And a great example of that might be if we spin up extra compute capability in a cloud environment for a particular event, you know, for, for the one day that all the students get allocated to their university places that we talked about before. How do we make sure we're spinning that down again and not just getting charged for it perennially if we've forgotten to do that? And how do we move all the sliders and levers that we'll see on a cloud dashboard to make sure that we're getting what we need, but no more? Because the Amazons and the Microsofts, they'll be really happy to charge you for the more if you forget to do it. We need to understand all of those impacts on our operating model and make sure that we're going in eyes wide open and have the right roles and skills in places to make best use of cloud. Uh, I have to say, I am completely wowed when it comes to, to listening to you talking from, from first-hand experience when it comes to the challenges that you have seen, um, what your clients have struggled with, what is what is out there? What are the main pain points that organizations go through when starting the journey to the cloud or when starting the journey to, to improve their experience within, within the cloud? So are there any best practices in terms of what kind of applications organizations should actually put in the cloud versus the ones that are better off staying on-prem? Is there any best practice on that front? So... Yes and no. I mean, like I said, every organization is different and really it needs to be looked at as a case by case basis. But generally, with a lot of organizations, they, they may or may not have an understanding of what they are, but a lot of organizations will have 
particular IT capabilities or particular applications that differentiate them from their competitors. I'm trying to think of an example. Maybe if you took, you know, a massive retailer in um, in the UK and they had a particular reward scheme attached to it, the way that that reward scheme is managed and the data within there about the individuals and what they buy and then how they map that into rewards, vouchers, whatever, there are elements of that that are absolutely a differentiator of that organisation. So you'd want to think quite carefully about putting all of that into a public cloud environment because. A, you lose a bit of control over it, but B, there's always the risk about that data getting into the wrong hands. So organizations should really think about what is it that they have in their application estate that does something special for them, but most other organizations have got a similar version of it. Maybe something like a a finance system or even a, a kind of payroll system. Yes, you don't want your payroll data getting out into the public domain, but just the turning the handle part of paying people is a fairly common function. There's no business differentiator around it. So that's something that you might be able to look at putting into the cloud world or things like Microsoft 365, which probably everybody uses these days, which is your your Teams capability and your email capability. That's something that everybody uses. And really it's the conversations that happen within that, that are the differentiator where we make decisions, not just the capability to have those conversations. So that sits very neatly into the cloud, which is why Microsoft Microsoft sell it. So there's definitely something about saying, what is it that differentiates us as an organization and provides value in the eyes of the customer? And is there something that is very good IP intellectual property in that, that we want to keep really close to, really close to us within there? Are there elements of that that we could put into the cloud to help us manage either the flexibility or the visibility of the costs? And pull it apart that way? And are there other applications which are much more run of the mill and every organization is going to have a version of it that actually all we really want to do is reduce the complexity of those, give ourselves the highest visibility of cost that we can get and put that into the cloud. So there's always a big list of applications and there's always some analysis to be done that says, is it worth putting this application into the cloud? And then underneath that, there'll be lots of questions about how complex is it? What will the cost be? What will be the change in the operating model? But the starting point should always be, is there more value to the organization in putting this into the cloud or in keeping it where it is or a version of it where it is? You know, this reminds me, um, you published a, a paper on cloud adoption quite recently, and there was something you said, and I, I am going to pretty much quote, you said, it is also important to understand and confirm the expected benefits and impacts at both individual app as well as across the organization level. However, adoption should be considered as a strategic portfolio change rather than just one app at a time in isolation. So, so I'm assuming you're making that statement something that you see happening quite often in organizations. That's absolutely true. I think the risk is that in our experience, in my experience, there are two ways that organizations get into the cloud. We kind of spoke about this before. You've got organizations that know absolutely what they want to do and they'll, they'll come to us and ask for some help migrating to cloud. But having made lots of 
decisions about how they want to do it. And those decisions quite often are at an organization-wide level. So they know they want to be kind of cloud-only or cloud-first. They have started to understand the impact of that, and they need some help to follow that through. There are other organizations who are aware that cloud exists and see it as the answer to perhaps a smaller problem. So one example might be we saw lots of hits in the pandemic as people moved to remote working, and that changed the way that technology needs to be delivered because our capability to allow people to work in the office is very different from a capability to allow people to work from home, particularly where it comes to how applications are built and the networks that sit underneath that to allow it to work. And quite a lot of organizations realized that they weren't set up for everybody suddenly remote working at the start of the pandemic. And one answer to that problem is to say we can put elements of this or even all of it into the cloud which is built to allow everybody to to access it remotely and that will fix this problem but then the issue was that we've chosen to fix an individual problem by doing that and then we'll see lots of benefits as a result to it but what that leads is to potentially a mindset that says let's treat every application case by case by case and say can this go into the cloud? If it can, where's the best place for it? And how do we do that? And what that means is that you end up doing it piecemeal and you don't get the scale advantage of saying wholesale, how can our entire technology estate make best use of the cloud? What would that look like? For instance, is it just one cloud service provider or is it more than one? Are we having multiple different types of service within a cloud service provider or is it just a few? And all those kind of questions that allow you to scope your use of cloud and then pick up applications and put them into one of the landing zones, we call them, that you might have chosen. So your piecemeal approach works, but the risk of it is that you end up using much more complexity within the cloud environment than you actually need to, and therefore more cost and perhaps overlapping functionality. Perhaps you won't even get as many benefits as you might do in terms of ultimate flexibility and use of different security services and the like if you do that. Whereas if you take that step back and say, how do we want to make use of cloud and how does the cloud offering map best to our organization you can then say i like this bit and this bit and this bit and this bit and i will look at all of my applications and put them into the right place for our organization and then i have something that is managed and controlled and understood and can change over time if it needs to but it's controlled and understood right now and therefore i can manage it for value and efficiency within my organization Thank you. Last year, I helped a specific client. They wanted to, to move to the cloud. They were partially in the cloud. I think overall, looking at the current state, maybe 5% of their applications were in the cloud. And they wanted to now adapt pretty much a 100% full in the cloud model. There were certain restrictions, so it was still, it was still going to be a kind of hybrid scenario at the end. And I remember we, we run an RFP process. I helped them choose a vendor to come and perform an assessment of the current hosting landscape. And uh, that was done. That third party performed the assessment and came up with a strategy. When we looked at the report, what one of the main uh, complaints, if you like, from, from my client was that there were gaps in the assessment. And one of the, the main gaps that it was, everyone agreed that that was definitely missed, 
is the, the soft aspect of, of a cloud migration. I'm calling it soft. So it's not about applications only. And, I, and I'm heading towards the, the people, the, the cultural, the cultural change that needs to happen in an organization. And that very much needs to be embedded within the cloud strategy. So do you think this soft component is taken into consideration when organizations are shaping out their cloud strategy? Well, as with everything, sometimes yes and sometimes no. I think what people who haven't been through it before perhaps um, don't realize straight away is that there is quite a lot of potential cultural impact to do with the move to cloud. And it's not at all dissimilar from the cultural impact that's associated with moving to agile working either. Lots of agile came from saying this is, there's, has this great new development methodology and people saw it as just an IT thing. And we say, let's switch on this agile and switch off other things and it'll be great. But actually what that needed was wholesale change within the business as well around approach to requirements development approaches to finance all sorts of things and actually it's quite similar with the cloud if you're moving away from an entirely controlled environment where you can choose exactly what infrastructure you want you can choose what applications you want you can build them or you can buy them but you can figure them and control them to an, an environment where there is at least an element of that where you have less control over it. That means you need to change the way that you both manage demand within the organization and manage the way that that's delivered. So we need to think about skills and the way that the IT technology organization is run, which absolutely is a cultural thing. We need to think about the relationship between IT and the business, as we talked about before, and say, how do we actually set that up so we are working in partnership rather than customer and supplier type relationship where technology is offering advice to the business in terms of how to make best use of cloud as well as, well as lots of other elements rather than just being an order taker because that allows you to bring in the constraints that you've now built in which are around cloud and in our experience there's also an element that says if we've put a tick in the box that says cloud is okay for this organization there's almost always a very significant driver for business elements of the organization to say, oh, well, if that's okay, I can go off and say, here's a software as a service bit, which is going to really help my business unit, for example. Why don't I just go and buy that? Because I don't need to worry about IT. And parts of the business will go and do that. And although then that perhaps might meet their specific need, it's a real risk in terms of integration of any data that's associated with the applications they've bought and making sure that's well managed but also just in terms of duplication if you've got two business units that's a very similar requirement and they both go and buy different bits of software there's a very high chance that you'll end up paying more than if you just tried to consolidate those requirements and met them with one piece of software so we really need to have a culture that controls the demand for it a lot more if we're using cloud than if we have to build it all ourselves, because that almost ends up being built in. So there are cultural changes all the way through the business, as well as just the way that we deliver technology when we start uh, looking at moving to cloud. Thank you. I promise we're reaching <laughs> the end now. But I was, I was mentioning earlier my client, they wanted to be fully in the cloud. They were hosting some applications that due to regulatory restrictions, they simply could not be in the cloud. So they were going to end up in a hybrid um, scenario. But I do understand that's why, mainly, that hybrid and multi-cloud are valid conversations to have. 
But maybe a cloud brokerage is not worth the effort and benefit for many customers. What are your thoughts on on this piece? Well, in, in the early days, you almost had to have a cloud brokerage because they were the ones that understood the cloud service that were available to you, anchored, and much as we go to um, mortgage advisors these days, they know the market. You tell them what you want and they tell you the best way to get it. And that's what we needed. These days, it's very easy to look at what cloud services are available from a particular cloud service provider and try and match those to your needs. And there's nothing wrong with trying to do that. But the other concern is that cloud environments have also got hugely more complex over the last 10 years as well in terms of how they're delivered, but also just in terms of what kind of services you can buy from them. There are so many different flavors within Google, within Azure, within AWS, as well as the other kind of smaller cloud providers that it's hard to understand if you're actually buying the right thing for you. So it's worth getting some advice. I would say that I'm a technology consultant. It's worth getting some advice in terms of what is it that you need, but it's also worth considering talking to cloud brokers to say on an ongoing basis, how do we make sure that we're getting what we need and managing it effectively? So absolutely you could get away without using one. And as quite often the case, the smaller your organization is perhaps the, the lower the need for a cloud broker. But as organizations start getting larger, they will now need to think, I need a capability to manage my cloud services as a whole. And is it better for me to insource that or is it better for me to have another organization do that for me? So it actually becomes a sourcing question rather than just, do I like the idea of a cloud broker or not? Okay. So sadly, we're coming to the end. But before we say goodbye to our audience, when I started the, the, the introduction to today's episode, I was talking about the synergies that we have created with, with the merge with Wavestone. Absolutely, right? yes, yeah. What I would like to, to bring to life quickly is what is our offering in cloud services? What we, as a, as a joint force of Penn Coes Consulting, now channeled through Wavestone, what is our offering within cloud services? Okay, so we can kind of help people at any part of the cloud journey, really. So we'll have organizations that are, as we said before, aware the cloud exists, not really aware of how they can make best use of it. So they're very early in the start of their cloud journey or very close to the start of their cloud journey. We can absolutely come in and say, let's understand your technology estate. Let's understand how that relates to your business and what business outcomes you need to drive are. And then we can work out what recommendation we can make as to how you can make best use of cloud and what benefits that will bring for you. So how can we make use of cloud? What's the business case for that? There will be organizations that have already started moving to cloud. They may have moved to cloud successfully and want to do more of it. And we can answer that question. They may have moved to cloud and find that it's not quite meeting their needs and want to understand what's gone wrong particularly if they've gone with an expectation about particular controls on costs or particular capabilities of del to deliver that have not been met. We can go in and understand what's gone wrong, 
could be the move to cloud wasn't right in the first place, or it could be that something's been specified incorrectly and there are some minor or major tweaks that need to be made for them to get the value they need out of it. For organizations that want to build even more or have built a huge amount already and are almost at that stage where they've said, we've built all of this and it's working, but are we doing it as efficiently and effectively as possible? We can then come in and say, Here's our best practice approach to managing a big cloud estate and delivering the highest possible efficiency and the best effectiveness around meeting business needs. Let's have a look and analyze your estate and see what opportunities there are to make some changes there to make it more efficient and effective. And I guess at the end of that cycle as well, there will be organizations who want to decommission some of their cloud services either to bring that back into on-premise and you mentioned regulatory needs that sometimes a driver or because they want to migrate from cloud service a to cloud service b we can help to pull that together as well to say you've got this it's great but there are some problems with that that need fixing and we need to decommission something or migrate away from it we can put together that plan and help to deliver that as well fantastic well, Keith, has been absolutely great to have you today in the show. Thank you. I'm sure we'll be talking again. There's still more and more to talk about cloud. There is, I think it's fair to say, it's a fast evolving subject. But yeah, thank you very much for sharing with us your insights. And yeah, hope to, to have you soon back. Of course, it's been an absolute pleasure. Thank you for the really interesting questions. Made me think as well. Always nice to have an opportunity to talk about great pieces of work we've done and uh, look forward to speaking to you again. Thank you, Keith. And to our audience, thank you very much for sharing your time with us. If you would like to learn more about the services we offer in cloud, get in touch. We will be more than happy to have a conversation with you. Bye for now.